முடியுது you're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, and that was the Swamp Rats with Psycho from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in the 1960s, a cover of the Sonics classic Psycho by the Swamp Rats who have been sampled by the Black Lips. Yes, today in the Nerdwarty Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with the Black Lips, plus an interview with DJ Z-Trip, who's coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, next Friday night to Richards on Richards. Speaking of the Black Lips, here are the Black Lips with their song, Drugs, and then an interview with the Black Lips. Lips. Right 
are you? I'm Jared Swilly. From? The Black Lips. And Jared, who else is in The Black Lips? Uh, Cole Alexander, Ian Brown, and Joe Bradley. Now, speaking of Cole, was it true that he got beat up by skinheads at a modest mouse gig? Yeah, I got beat up the day before by the same dudes. That's really interesting. At a modest mouse gig. Do skinheads really go to modest mouse gigs? There's free beer. And that's all that counts? I guess so. How beat up did you get by the skinheads? I had my cheekbone fractured and I was in the hospital. Oh my god, that's pretty serious. What? I don't like skinheads. What happened though? What was the incident? Like what spurred it on? I, they didn't, they just didn't like our band and there used to be a lot of skinheads in Atlanta. Now I think they're all either cops or security guards. I don't see them anymore. Jared from the Black Clips, what can you tell me about this gentleman right here and you covering the iguanas on your brand new CD? Oh yeah, I think this is the first uh, song that James Osterberg ever wrote. It's actually, the rest of the stuff on the... CD's pretty typical frat rock stuff, but his songs, like, you can tell something. Again and again, you guys covered by the Iguana. Yeah, again and again. It's like you can tell something's cooking there. And you can also tell something's cooking even back way back when, because they would have been lo cool live. Check how high up Iggy is on the drum. That's insane. That's just amazing. There's Iggy Pop, and you guys covered again and again. Yes. Where did you learn about Iggy Pop? Was that through Greg Shaw? Did Greg Shaw Bomb Records teach you about Iggy Pop and the Iguanas? Where'd you find out about the Iguanas? Uh, actually from Susie Shaw. Uh, she, we used to write her emails and she would send us mixtapes when we were in high school. Did you get to see Greg Shaw's collection at all? Have you been to the Bump Mansion? I've been to his house and he had a few records there, but I've never seen the warehouse. Do you think there's any chance Iggy will ever hear this the again and again? And would he sing it with you? Because he never actually sang it in the Iguanas. That's what I'm hoping. Uh, he seems like a nice guy, so maybe... I don't know. He seems like he might like the song still. Uh, any publishing you pay to Iggy there? <laughs> <laughs> Unless if he asks, maybe. I don't know if he owns the rights to it. And you were Jared of the Black? Lips. And Jared, also you guys have a song called Drugs. Drugs. Yeah. I love the song Drugs. Oh, thanks. Now, was that inspired by? Marijuana. Well, I was thinking Sky Saxon. That could be, he's, he does a lot of drugs. I've seen him smoke two joints at one time. Yeah, I saw some clips of you guys, the Black Clips, with Sky Saxon in Portland jamming. What song were you playing on and what happened there? This is Sky Saxon from the legendary Seeds. Uh, he's kind of a weird guy now. He did a lot of acid and now he's not very coherent. And he just, we've done it a couple of times with him. He just shows up and uh, he just wanted to play a song with us. What song was it? I couldn't recognize it. I was hoping it would be a Seeds classic. What song was it? No, we just made up a song on the spot. <laughs> it's just a, like a jam. So you're really with all the classics, aren't you, Jared? You got Iggy Pop, the Iguanas. You're jamming with Sky Saxon, as well as Fred Cole. You've done some gigs with Fred Cole. Yeah, yeah, we're actually covering a lollipop shop song right now. What song? Uh, you Must Be a Witch. You should do Who Would Read the Will. That's a great one, too, eh? That, that one's really good as well, but You Must Be a Witch is really, like, real tough. And you've done some special things for Fred Cole, haven't you? He loves Kino. Didn't you give him, like, a Kino sign? <laughs> yeah, how did you know that? What was that about? Uh, him and Tootie play, uh, Kino all the time when we were in Vegas, and then, uh, we found, uh, Cole actually found a Kino sign and gave it to them as a present. They really, like, to do that all night. <laughs> now, Jared, I was wondering about the roots, the real roots of the Black Lips. What can you tell the people about the Swilly family? <laughs> this is, uh, this is actually my, this is my grandfather's brother, and that's my grandmother's, uh, sister. 
which makes these two my dad's double first cousins. Uh, they used to all live, they were kind of like a Christian Partridge family. They travel all over the country and play gospel music. And they put out tons and tons of records. The Swilly family kicking it. Yeah, I have a lot of them. Did you ever cover any Swilly family? Yeah, there's actually one on this record I've, I've learned, and it, it's kind of cool. It's called... Uh, Joy in the River. So I, I like that one. The resemblance is pretty cool, too, isn't it? Jared Swilly and the Swilly family. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you found out about this. <laughs> well, you were Jared of the Black? Lips. Now, Jared, do we have a brother, too, in a crunk rock band, Velocity? <laughs> yeah, I do. A crunk rock band. What can you say about your brother? I mean, we're talking about your grandfathers and your uncles. Hello. Nardwar. Who are you? Well, you got a Swilly family? Yes, th what could... Who's that photocopy? Please introduce yourself. Nonsense. What is this? Who have we just had joining us right now here, Jared? Please introduce. Who do we have? My name is Bolivar Shagnasty. A.K.A. Bolivar. Cole. <laughs> yeah, Cole. And who else do we have? Joe. And Joe. And Ian. And what I was curious about, Black Lips, right off the bat, I was talking to Jared about you getting beaten up at a Modest Mouse gig. What was that all about? Yeah, the skinheads surrounded me, and none of my friends had my back because they were huge. So I threatened one of the guys with a bottle, even though I wasn't going to do that because they would have stomped me even more. I bluffed, and then the guy punched me, grabbed my bottle, and tried to smash it by my head, but then I slid under a car. It was so weird it happened at a Modest Mouse gig. Yeah, I wasn't there, but that is pretty weird. I don't know why the skins were there. Because they didn't like you. That's what Jared was saying. Yeah. Did they follow you around? They were like monospells either. <laughs> Black Lips, here you are in Austin, Texas. What do you think? It's hot. It feels good. Austin, Texas. That's nice. I'm going to take you back to some cold. Cold. Are you ready to go back to cold? Canada. I can't go to Canada. The band Ladies Night helped you guys out, didn't they? Yes, they did. They used to sneak Jared across the border like a immigrant peasant Mexican. This was really cool. Like, you guys had to play a gig in Vancouver, and Ladies Night filled in. How's that happened very often? Like, somebody learning all the tunes. Yeah, it's actually happened like four or five times when I've had to miss Canada or miss other shows. Yeah, we tried to get the guys from Bare Naked Ladies to come hang out, but they're like, no, we can't. We have to go home to our, our dogs and our wives and everything. So we're like, all right, dudes, whatever. Now, there are some interesting characters in Canada, namely the band Gado featuring Greg Govidovitz. Have you heard of Gado at all? No. Now, Gado was very famous because he had a song called Let the Lizard... I have no idea. Out! Out. Very close. Oh, you're getting there, Cole. Now, what do you think that song was about, Cole? Let the lizard out. Um, some weird sexual euphemism. I don't know. Kind of. What he did, he always went to this town, and he would play this song, Let the Lizard Out. It was named after a guy in his town who would whip out his cock, and the guy in the audience, and the guy in the audience would hit his cock against the fretboard. You know, and so, like, and Greg would play the guitar. So I was thinking, Cole, you've done some of the bashing of the cock against the fretboard. Yeah. I thought I invented it, and then I found out that George used to do it, too. George? George. George Clinton? He did it, too? I don't know. I was just thinking about it. Like, he said George, George, George of the Jungle. But what I was thinking is, you've done a... Dwarves. I said dwarves. dwarves. But I was thinking, though, because your cock can only take so much, how much can Cole's cock take? Ah, uh, you got to ask his mom about that one. I don't know. I mean, it, you can only take so much, eh? I mean, it's going to start hurting, isn't it? I, I would assume so. I would never do that. Cole's a master at his craft. What I was thinking is, as you're getting more fans, more people into the Black Lips, get audience members like Gatto had to take out their cocks and use their cocks against the fretboard. Tag crew of people try to attempt to do weird stuff, like burn their pubes on stage, but we don't promote that at all. 
But what I was wondering is, are you up for the idea? People coming to Black Lips gigs, getting naked, and their cocks up against the fretboard to protect you. I mean, you deserve this now. You've earned all these fans. Yeah, we'll see what, what uh, Joe said it best. Uh, things are bigger in Texas except the penises. Ba-boom. Ba-boom. Now, speaking of penises and stuff, I was curious. I first heard of some of the cock antics from the Black Lips when I was about to interview the band Wolf Mother. Oh, those guys are douchebags. Do you remember playing with the band Wolfmother? They imploded because they played with us. That's what I was curious about. I mentioned that you guys took out your cocks and stuff, and they didn't even know. They were at a Black Lips gig, and they didn't even notice that the cocks were out. They're bouncers. They didn't realize they were stepping in our piss while they were playing. Yeah, like, how out of it were Wolfmother if they don't notice piss, they don't notice cocks? Are fans usually that out of it? They were at the hotel the whole time. They only sh they, they got carried in in baskets right before they played. But what's really nice about you guys is, Black Lips, not only do you help bands step and shit, you also help Canadian bands as well. Like, you helped the band The Stolen Minx. Oh, yeah, they played, uh, we got them a show in Atlanta. From Halifax, Nova Scotia. Yeah, I, I like them. Yeah, these three girls. The best, Demon's Claws. The, the Demon's Claws from Montreal. But I thought it was really nice. So here's a band, The Stolen Minx from Halifax, are on tour to email you, and you guys get them a gig. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Good show. It was a really good show. King Khan's wife, uh, Lil, told me that you interviewed Courtney Love. Yes, I have interviewed the Courtney Love. Last time I talked to her, though, actually in person, was in 1995, so it's been a long time. Have you stayed over at Courtney Love's house at all? No, not over at Courtney Love's house. We stayed over at Meg White's house and got to hell, hold her moon men and go swimming with her. That was fun. Did she have any taxidermy there? Is that the moon man? Did she? I don't think she did. Jack has a lot of that shit, but no, not Meg. Now, it's hard also to find exactly the roots of the Black Lips in the sense of, like, where you take stuff from is amazing. I love the way how you're bringing rock and roll, punk, garage rock, and hip-hop together. Yeah, yeah, we hung out with Jizz all night last night. We're going to perform with him today. Because they inspired you, didn't you? That's what I find really interesting is that the Wu-Tang Clan, who would think that the Wu-Tang Clan would inspire you to fool around with the Swamp Rats? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What is the connection between the Wu-Tang Clan and the Swamp Rats from Pittsburgh? Yeah, we used to always like how they would like sample old 60s records, and it, it kind of helped you find out about old 60s artists, obscure ones like Wendy Renee. So when the Wu-Tang did that, like... Yeah, we learned to, like, go search all the old records, and then we could also loot them ourselves. So you took the Swamp Mats, Swamp Rats, and you, Swamp Mats, because you walked right over them, and you looped them. I think that's great doing that, because years ago, garage purists wouldn't really be into that type of thing, would they? Like, you didn't even, like, sample the riff. It was more like the drums, wasn't it? I'll say this. We don't wear costumes. We love the 60s, but we're not going to wear a costume, so sampling is what we like to do, so we do it. Yeah, yeah. Purists don't like it. But. Yeah, it's the 90s. I mean, we can do whatever we want. But there are also bands like King Kong that do dress up. You know, they put on a good show, don't they? I mean, it's like just being like such a purist about the 60s where we like, you know, dress up yeah, to be like, like 60s people. Place. We're not 60s people. Yes, I've encountered people that only carry around coins from 1966 in their pockets. <laughs> and they try to pay for merch with that. But then you say you're stupid to pay with that. You should get some more money for that. Now, back to King Kong. He peed on one of your T-shirts? On a bunch of them. And on the crowd. And on us. But you had never met him before, and he just started peeing on your stuff. Yeah, he thought that was the right thing to do. It wasn't. What sort of reaction does the band The Back Lips give when somebody pees on something and you don't even know them? Well, we like to give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, everyone gets three strikes. Peed on our merch. He peed on our tour manager. And he peed on us. And at that point, we were pretty annoyed with him, but he, we grew to love him as a brother. He struck out the first night, but then we grew to love him. What is the history of piss drinking? 
Well, I really couldn't tell you that, but I'm sure if it's yellow, I heard it's got uh, nutrients in it, so you could take it back down if you really wanted to. I think that history might start with the beginning of civilization when men started to sail on boats and got too far away from land and ran out of water. Indirectly, yes, yeah, so we don't get thirsty. Yeah, yeah. Dehydration. Yeah. But I was thinking indirectly in a garage rock tip, you black lippers. Believe it or not, do you remember the movie Blow Up, Michelangelo Antonucci? I mean, I know the poster. I've never seen You know, like where the Yardbirds are playing there? It's supposed to be the Velvet Underground, but they canceled, so Yardbirds did it. Jeff Beck smashed his guitar. Exactly, and one of the girls in that movie, Sarah Miles, is a... Whore. Oh, no, is a piss. Artist? Piss drinker. Really? Why? Yes. She drinks piss. She's a, Sarah Miles is a famous piss drinker. I think the, the a, you're supposed to do it like the first one in the morning you're supposed to drink and after that it's like toxic. I was looking into the history of the black lips and the history of piss drinking and one famous piss drinker actually was an Indian prime minister. Who's that? Desai, a guy from India, used to drink piss. Yeah, they actually in India right now they're trying to make a, a alternative to a soft drink, but it's actually cow urine, and they want to make a drink out of it, and like just has another product of India. Yeah, it's it's like hell no. Nah. So you guys are into the piss. India is into the piss apparently. But how did you become the second most hated Americans after the gerbil guy? Uh, <laughs> Richard Gere. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, and that's more, far more fucked up than any piss art we've done. It's that's a gerbil. And they're into piss in India, and you go there and there's some cock and piss. Why aren't they, what, why would they not like it? Because Americans are doing it. If people, kids do it on the street, they don't care, but when rock and rollers decide to do it in a show context, it suddenly blows their mind. I don't get it. Because you're saying, like, the dwarves did it before you. Were you the first punk band ever to play in India? I'm pretty sure no one had ever heard of another one coming, so I think we were. So you were really exposing them to stuff they'd never had before. Like it was nothing. Like you're paving the way. Maybe the dwarves did it first, but you did it first. Yeah, yeah. We wanted to. Just, we like to break new grounds. We want to just stay on top of things. Go to countries where other bands haven't gone. And even if we weren't the first, we sure were one of many, very few. You know. Now, you guys are very respectful. Thank you for coming here to Austin, Texas, and the interview. We began with Jared. I was just right off the bat talking to Jared how you guys covered the Iguanas, Iggy Pop's band. And I just love the fact that he's way up there on the drums. He's really kicking it. Yeah, the star shot. Yeah, we should make it. some furs are playing over there. Oh, cool. That drum riser is amazing. That's like they're way up there. And what I was thinking, you guys appreciate equipment. You're respectful. You show up. But I was wondering, how does that tie into you running a club? Like, didn't you guys actually run a club? Well, we had this, like, storefront that was kind of like uh, a speakeasy, like, after hours thing. I used to sell beer and whiskey there, and we put, like, a bed in the back, so if the cops ever came, we were just going to say we lived there and we are having a party. But we never got in trouble. It, la it didn't last... It only lasted like seven or eight months, and then we ran out of money. But What I was thinking about is, you, Cole, you've puked on the mic, haven't you? Like, actually on the mic. Yes. I won't have you demonstrate here, but it's like, actually on the mic. So what was your reaction when you guys were running a club and somebody would puke on the equipment? Like, how do you react to that? You get kick them out of the club. So, but when you... Apply for everybody. So you, when you puke on a mic, you know that it might be game over when you're playing at somebody else's club. Every day could be game over for Black Lips. And we make up the rules as we go, Nardwar. Let's just put it that way. So you guys were doing the good old thing there with the rockin' and rollin' in Atlanta. But before that, what about the Majestic? What's that place like? <laughs> it's changed a lot now. It used to be me and Cole work there. It used to be just us and a bunch of grizzled old ladies that work there. It's just like a shitty diner. There's other places, too. What can you tell the people about the Ghetto Burger? 
There's a Hood Burger and there's a Ghetto Burger. What is it, like two huge bands? Snack Shack on Memorial Drive. It's right next to Young Jock's studio. It looks like an old car detail place. There's like Escalades parked outside. And it's it's about a pound of meat, double patty, deep fried bacon, like bacon you throw in the deep fryer. And, and it's like, it's about that big. And you got to eat it twice to eat, you gotta eat it all, you know. There's also Mammy's Kitchen, too. Yeah, Cole likes that place. It's all right. There's so many great places to eat there in the Atlanta. Yeah, there is. We got good food. Digging out Carver's. That one's really good. Is it on Hemp Hill? Marietta. Marietta Street. Clips. Teach me about boiled peanuts. What are boiled peanuts? Well, you get the peanut when it's raw, like, you know, when they're green, and you get them in a pot, and you can put some sort of spice in them. I usually just put crystal hot sauce in there, and you let them simmer for like eight or nine hours, and they're delicious. I love them. So you guys, props, were the first punk band to play in India. Uh, I want to hope so. But you weren't the first punk band in Atlanta. No. The first real one, probably. But there were some other bands that came before you that you guys love too, don't you? Your good old friends, the Subsonics. Yes, these one are. One time, Clay Reed from the Subsonics tried to stab me and Cole with a box cutter because we asked him if he'd put out a single on our label. What can you do? And the Pirates. You said no? Uh, no, we hung out. We ended up hanging out that night, and we got drunk. What can you tell the people about the Subsonics aside from the morning to stab you? When they came to Canada, they actually brought guns with them. Really? really? Yeah, like Buffy the drummer. She was pretty amazing. Yeah, they're an incredible band. I love them. Because they were featured in that movie that you guys are featured in as well. There was some movie about Atlanta. Do many people remember the Subsonics? I love the Subsonics. I usually go see them all the time. They don't play as much anymore, but Clay still works at the movie theater. Black Lips, winding up here, you're here at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. You're mentioning over there that the Handsome Furs are setting up ready to play there. Your gigs in Miami. What do you remember about playing Churchill's in Miami, a club called Churchill's? I think that was before I was in the group, but uh, what happened, Jared? Do you remember playing there? Uh, we just got pelted with a million things. Even the bartenders were throwing napkins at us. And the spits played. It was fun. That's what I heard. Guy, uh, he gave me a bump, a cocaine before. Before we went on, he goes, this is how we do it in Miami. And, like, gave me a bump, and then we went on stage. Fucking spiciest curry you'll ever have. Even spicier than anywhere in India. Like, you'll shit your brains out. Yeah, shit like you're shitting out Satan's breath. Pissing out your ass. What's neat about that is, I actually heard, I don't know if this is neat, but maybe it's kind of sad, is the fact that the actual bartender chucked an entire toilet roll at you, but it wasn't like this a toilet roll. It was like an industrial strength toilet roll. Yeah, and all the napkin holders, too. I was like, I was surprised. I've never seen the bartenders tear up their own bar. Is that the biggest things you guys have had thrown at you? Like entire industrial strength napkin holders, serviette holders? Tree thrown at us a couple times. I got a, I got a full tree with dirt and all, like throw, hit over the head with it. I didn't go to work with all the trees set all over. What's that? Where did that happen? In uh, Milwaukee. And who gets blamed for when something like that happens? Does the band get blamed or the fans? I think the fans. I think the fans. I mean, we play, but, you know, they cause the trouble. I mean, we're just doing our thing. Limited uh, liability corporation. Limited liability. When you guys go to England, you haven't always liked England, have you? Yeah, we've had a rocky relationship with it, but I've made my amends with England, and I'm fine with it now. Did they know that maybe you didn't like England at one time? Did they know if they ever investigated that? I was pretty upfront with even all the British people that are here that we work with. I've told them many times I hated their country. But I like it now. What about Bin Laden's cousin? Can you tell us any more about that? Oh, Wafa Daforia, she's a friend of ours. She came to some of our shows. She's nice. How did she identify herself? Like, do you just walk up to someone and say, hi, I'm Bin Laden's cousin? No, our publicist hooked us up. Our publicist hooked us up with her. But yeah, she's Wafa. And you want to work with her so that Bin Laden will actually hear the song? Quite possibly. That's why we're going to sample uh, Whitney Houston. What, you got? You want to get close to Whitney? 
No, I don't know what we're gonna do with her. We, she was just nice, and we wanted to like make a like a girl group kind of song for her. But how about Little Richard? Somebody that you really dig. Your friend Hannibal has like Little Richard's phone number. Could you just phone Little Richard up if you wanted to? I called him one time, and then when he picked up, I hung up immediately. But who else could you call? Like, I'm kind of saying all this stuff with you working with, you know, different type of people, but you have a lot of connections. Muhammad Ali. Uh, a lot of the people in the book were dead, actually, though. So, Little Richard and Muhammad Ali were the only two, like, famous ones I saw. Lastly, your black lips. Cucamonga tattoos. Is this true to Cucamonga tattoos? Jared has one. Oh, yeah. What is? Can you explain this? Because they all have it. They all. It's a uh, King Kong bought it for me in Berlin, and uh, it's mostly Canadian. I'm the only American with one, but it's like all the guys from Deadly Snakes and some of the Sexerinos and some of the Shrines. It's just like our gang. Everyone has like the same ones. That's I don't really know what it means. Well, Black Lips. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? Keep it real. Well, thanks so much, Black Lips. Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 do. Great to meet you.
And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And you just heard the Black Lips with Again and Again, a cover of Iggy Pop's very first band, The Iguanas. Iggy didn't sing that song. He wrote that song with his mid-60s rock and roll combo, The Iguanas. And right now we have a caller. Caller, are you there? Hello. I'm here. How are you, man? Good. Who are you? I am Z Trip from Los Angeles by way of Phoenix, Arizona, by way of Queens, New York. How about that? And Z Trip, how do we know each other? How do we know each other? How come you're on the Nardwarta Human Serviette radio show? This is all due to a Pixter and South by Southwest. Please explain. Correct. He's a, he's a good friend of mine. He's, a, he's one of the dudes who I passed the torch on to when I left Arizona, and uh, he's been holding it down. And he bumped into you. He's like, man, you, you got to, do you know anything about this guy, Nardwar? I'm like, nah, man. He's like, you got to Google him. He's the craziest dude. He's super cool, blah, 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 on and on. So I sat there for like, I had mad things to do that day, and I ended up sitting and watching YouTube for like two hours. You're a funny dude. I like you, man. You're, you, I like your angle. Well, thank you very much, DJ Z Trip. I really appreciate that. It's amazing that we're meeting through the internet via the Los Angeles airport in the background there, Z Trip. That's correct. These screaming babies are real screaming babies in the airport. Now, where are you heading? Because you're going to be in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada next Friday at Richards on Richards, right? Where are you heading correct. right now? Uh, I'm going to Colorado to Copper Mountain, and apparently it's getting dumped on a lot of snow, and I've just found out uh, that A, the flight was delayed, and B, the new flight we got on is getting us in at 11 o'clock tonight. show's tomorrow, but uh, apparently it's, it's, all the roads are closed, so this is just like me striving and fighting to get to the gig. It's pretty hardcore, battling the elements just to give music to people. Have you played many gigs in snow? Aren't you also going to be playing some snow gigs up here in Vancouver, too, in Whistler, DJ Z Trip? That's correct. The TELUS, uh, what is it, the TELUS uh, Festival up there, or the snowboarding uh, thing that's going on up there. I'm going to be up there uh, after the Vancouver show, and I'm hoping to get some snowboarding in because I've been wanting to go to Whistler for years. Everyone's been telling me for years and years and years to go up there, and uh, I just never had a chance to do it, so... Now I get to go up there and hopefully actually get some boarding in. Yeah, because you haven't seen too much snow because you were hanging out or living in Phoenix, Arizona for a <laughs> long time, weren't you, DJ Z Trip? Yeah, we don't get much snow. Hey, really, I got a question, man. Is it Z Trip for you guys, right? Is it? Is that correct, or is it just Z Trip for you guys? I would have said Z Trip, but I don't know. I'm so programmed to say Z Trip that it's not a problem. You know, I learned the alphabet from Sesame Street, American. So Z Trip this sounds this sounds <laughs> nice. just fine to me. But I nice. was wondering, Z Trip, you're from Phoenix, Arizona, or at least you grew up a little bit there. Did you meet your friend Pixter there in Phoenix, Arizona, at like massive raves at the Compton? Terrace? What's the Compton oh, yeah. Terrace? Compton Terrace was like the furthest uh, venue outside of town where it was like a, it, was, it was actually Firebird Raceway. It's where they did all the motorcycle racing and speedboat racing, but it was so far out away from Phoenix that it was like the only spot that we could sometimes throw things at. So I think I like saw the Scorpions there and like, you know, saw some raves. They did some raves there. Like it, it's just the like old old battleground, you know, area for people to throw things at, throw events at, NASCAR, whatever drag racing, whatever the people, you know, how people do over there. If I saw you back then at the Compton Terrace in the 80s in Phoenix, Arizona, what have your setup been? What would have your setup been, DJ Z Trip? That would have been a realistic, a Radio Shack realistic mixer with a click in the middle of the fader 
and uh, like four or five crates of records. That would have been me. Do you still play the records? Are you going to be bringing records to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada? Because I understand you've done sets where it's just like a seven-inch set, where you've just played seven inches. I, I missed that. I missed some of that. Sorry, say it again. I was wondering, DJ Z-Trip, coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, phoning to us from the Los Angeles airport in the background, what are you bringing to Vancouver? Are you bringing your 7-inch vinyl? Are you going to do a 7-inch set? I'm actually, this time I'm bringing up, uh, I'm bringing up, uh, I'm, I'm coming with Serato, because Serato is kind of the way that most people are doing things nowadays. It's kind of replaced records on the road. It, I, it'll never replace records for me uh, in the studio or when I'm out to places and I go digging for records. I'm still buying records, but I don't really bring records out anymore because the technology has actually allowed, uh, allowed us to not have to do that anymore, which is really a blessing because... You know, the older I get, the more my back is uh, is becoming less and less forgiving. So it's really kind of a nice thing. DJ Z Trip, you mentioned in one of your Twitter posts, MC 900 Foot Jesus, a Vancouver connection. He was on Network Records. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. Dan Sharmas over at Network. Whatever happened to MC 900 Foot Jesus? Um, I'm not too sure, man. I, to be honest, that's a good question. I used to rock his stuff all the time. I really liked where he came from. He was a Dallas dude, and uh, DJ Zero was his DJ. Him, you know, it's all, it's interesting. People like that and, like, Consolidated, they were also on Network, right? Yes, they and were. And then uh, you get, like, Meet Beat Manifesto. There's a lot of connections, hip-hop connections, through a lot of these electronic artists that were doing it way, way back in the day. And uh, those are some of the really good records because they were pushing it a little bit. They were still, for me, like... Those are records that I would dig for and try and play because they would sometimes have the illest dubs or the illest things to scratch to. So, but yeah, man, Network Records, it's old school. And if you have any questions for DJ Z Trip, it's 604-822-247, 604-UBC-CITR. And we have a caller now. Caller, are you there? Yeah, how you doing? Go ahead to DJ Z Trip. Hey, Z Trip, man. How you doing, man? I'm good. Who's this? Uh, man, I, just, I saw you at South by Southwest in 2005 playing with MIA and LCD Sound System and Ratatat. Do you remember that show? Oh, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. You know, and you gave me a CD, and, and it's so cool because when you stick it in your iPod, it says, all your track listings say, this CD is strictly promo only. If you are holding <laughs> this in your hand, consider yourself lucky. Again, I only did these, a small run of these, for a reason, to hold you over to the major album drops. And I thought that you know, was really you know cool. Funny, you know what's hilarious? Is sometimes I'll get somebody who'll hit me up on MySpace and be like, hey, man. Where can I download that Hold You Over? <laughs> and I'm like, no, dude, you don't even, you missed it, dude. It's like, that's not the name of the song. It's like, I, I meant to do something unconventional. And they're like, yeah, hey, man, can you, can you play limited edition? I'm yeah. like, no, no, you're missing it, guys. That's funny, man. I uh, was just wondering, are you going to do any more work with Chester Bennington at all? Uh, possibly. I mean, he and I were talking about doing some stuff uh, after we did the last project, but, you know, it's kind of tough to to. to to compete with uh, Lincoln Park is such a, a mega horse, you know, that it's just every, you know, maybe on some downtime when he and I both reconnect, we'll do something. But we, I mean, we'd always talked about it. We, we actually talked about doing a whole record together at some point, but I don't know if that'll ever happen. So yeah, call you brought him up, man. That was, that was amazing. Caller, you saw MIA there as well. What was MIA like, Caller? She, brought, she was pretty good, man. What do you remember? About, what do you remember about MIA at that particular set there, DJ Z Trip? Say again. What do you remember about MIA that particular set in 2005? What do you remember about it? She dresses incredible. 
Period. That's all you need to know. Actually. No, no. She. Um, actually, speak. No, no, I remember that she she just came with it, and I think Diplo was spinning for her. Yeah, he was spinning with with her at the time. So it was kind of cool, man. It was before all those people started blowing up. You know, myself included. We sort of all. I mean. You know, it, it was just a good, it was a really, really good, good show, and everyone was really super into it. And it's like you had a, a house full of people who were into all kinds of music. But I remember she came with it. She came, you know, she came hard. And just to explain to people that may not have understood what the caller asked, sorry, caller, but what exactly did you give the caller, and what was the caller talking about there? I think it was a Live in L.A. CD that, um, that I did after Uneasy Listening. That was, I think that's the CD, right? It is 2000, Z-Trip Live 2004. Nice. Uh, it says, I've got this CD. Yeah, it just says Z-Trip Live, actually. So I think it is a 2004 performance, though. Well, you know what's interesting? And I was running records back then, so that was actually pre-Serato. For you know, for anyone who cares. By the way, you can nowadays you can go to my website and download that mix, so anybody can have that mix if they want. I think it might even still be encoded the same way, so it's going to show up the same way on your iTunes. So do you don't you don't bring crates with you anymore? No, I'm not. I try not to because I mean, if I'm traveling all over the world, it's a little tough. I mean, I, I still bring a little bit of vinyl with me, but um, I, more than anything, I'm actually buying vinyl and bringing it home because so many people are getting rid of stuff. Like, there's so much good music out there right now. Like, if you dig for records, like everyone's releasing all their really good stuff, so it's really the best time. Any other questions at all, caller, no, for I'm DJ cool, Z Trip and do do the loot do. Word. And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, the Nardwater Human Surveyor Radio Show. We're speaking here to DJ Z-Trip. If you have any questions for DJ Z-Trip, it's 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR. And you can see DJ Z-Trip next Friday night in Vancouver, right? DJ Z-Trip, Richards on Richards. Correct, Now, right now, you're at the L.A. airport. Now, it makes me think Coachella is this weekend. Have you run into any musicians at the L.A. airport? No, I think most people are probably either there or, or, or might be getting there. So, But I, I think they fly into, uh, it's usually better to fly into San Diego, I think, and drive up. L.A. is just crazy. DJ Z-Trip, regarding turntables and stuff, what are some of the neater turntable accessories that you have seen? Like, remember John Lennon once had a little turntable in his car, like a turn, the Beatles all had, like turntables in their cars. Have you seen any turntables in cars or anything like that? What sort of neat DJ accessories have you seen? Well, the best thing that I, I ever saw was just, a, I mean, it's, it's pretty basic, but it's the portable turntable. Um, Vacuum Records used to make the tiniest one that could fit in your luggage and you could take anywhere. And you could actually go, if you, it was battery powered, so you just threw on your headphones, you could go anywhere into any record store. And if the people were cool with it, you could start digging through records. And that way you didn't have to, like, take a chance on the $15 record, you know? You could actually listen to it and, like, save yourself some money. But... Yeah, man. I, I still try and roll with that thing sometimes. When I go over to, like, Europe or I go over to uh, Australia, I'll bring that thing with me because it just, it just saves you time and having to bring back a whole bunch of shit that you don't want, you know, or don't need. I think there's some videos of you on the Internet going into, like, Don's Records in L.A. with that. Is that the thing that you're using in Don's Records? Yeah, I think it might have been the same one. I don't remember which one I used. There's a couple of them. Like, they broke fairly easy because they weren't, they weren't, you know, they, they would take a beating, but... I think there's like the Columbia record, and then there's, there's all sorts of little little turntables. But yeah, that was the one. I definitely do that anytime I can, man. It just it, it saves you from having to like take chances and and you know buy all this stuff that you end up getting home and you go, oh, this is totally garbage, and I paid for it. There's nothing worse than that. DJ Z Trip, you remix selected master tapes and stuff. Sandy, say again. I'm sorry. I was talking about master tapes. You. Gosh, hang on, man. The chick's talking and she's canceling out my 
my phone. Say again now? No problem. This is DJ Z Trip live from the LA airport. DJ Z Trip coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. What was it like remixing Jackson 5 stuff? Did you actually have access to the Jackson 5 master tapes? Could you hear Joe Jackson yelling in the background? <laughs> yeah, there's a part where if you mute everything in the drum track, you hear a backhand slap. It's ill. No, um, to have the master tapes, man, was the best thing ever because then I was able to actually listen to it and hear it and hear what I wanted, you know, what I could do with it. There's the guitar lick that I that I start the remix off is buried so deep in the track. When I first got got it, I just went through and I, I listened to each individual track, the tambourine, then I'd mute the tambourine and listen to the drums, then I'd mute the drums and listen to, like, the keys, the violins, what was. Um, and so when I got to the guitar, I just listened to it and I heard that thing. It's way deep at the end of the song. And when I heard it, I'm like, wow, this is really like the heart and soul of this track for me. And I just looped it over and over. And for about two hours, I was walking around the house just with that loop going on in my head. And then I was like, I got to reconstruct the song based around this. So it's amazing, though. Like, when anytime you get master sessions on anything, that's really like you get to hear... Well, who had these? Some of the best stuff, like Queen. Queen, some of the Queen stuff I've remixed is just amazing, man. It's like you get to hear all the, and it's you'd think there'd be a million tracks, but it's usually like eight tracks, but they're just recorded so well, and the performance is so incredible that kind of gives you chills, you know. Who gives you access to the stuff, DJ Z Trip? Like the master tapes for Jackson Five. Who had those? Where those been sitting around? And anybody else done remixes? And you did remixes just in case of people wanting. If I want you back, what Queen song did you do? And who had all this Jackson stuff? Was it in a vault? Did, were they making sure you were careful with it? Yeah, yeah. Well, they they you know they send you out digital copies, you know, um, but. You know, it's through record labels. The record label will commission you to do a remix. They'll give you the parts on something, and then you, you know, you're actually able to 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 do it. You know, do it right. So there's a project I'm working on right now where I just did a whole bunch of that stuff. I can't really talk about the project, but it's a video game. But it's amazing. And um, you know, working with that stuff that was uh, that was really like again. You know, you get to hear things that you wouldn't normally hear that are buried, and uh, and you can embellish on them and pull them out. And it, it just makes it really interesting stuff to listen to. DJ Z Trip, you played Santa. Party House run by Andrew WK in New York with Juan Atkins. That's right. That's right. Santos. What can you tell the people about Juan Atkins? Juan Atkins, man. Electronic DJ. Actually, amazing DJ. A lot of history. You know, that whole, like, Detroit, that's a whole, like, that whole sound. Chicago, Detroit, all Upper East Coast, and even into New York. I mean, all those guys were, were DJs that I would listen to constantly and I would get tips of you know you'd learn how you I learned how to mix listening to those guys mix records I learned how to select listening to people like Marley Mall and Red Alert but um you know growing up in New York and hearing all these different kinds of songs and, and people mixing all that stuff that's that's where you heard you heard people mixing live disco drums over other disco drums and you know mi- mixing live drums over another live drum and keeping it on beat is a skill you know now they got computers that'll do it for you but you know, there's something about when you hear somebody slip up just a little bit and then bring it right back that you're like, you kind of get behind it. You kind of, you know, you're, you're with them. You're with them on the ride. And when they pull it off, you feel sort of a, I don't know, I feel like some sort of success. Like, yeah, we did it, <laughs> you know? DJ Z Trip, 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR. If anybody out there has any questions for DJ Z Trip coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, next Friday night to Richers and Richers, how important do you think Malcolm McLaren is? Like his album Duck Rock, Malcolm McLaren, Malcolm McLaren. It's super important because he also helps bring a lot of the uh, a lot of the punk into into hip hop. Him and people like him and Africa Bambata, 
uh, we're you know we're hanging out and messing with people like the Clash and messing with people like um, uh, what should we call it? The um, goddamn, what's their name? The uh, punk group, Sex Pistols, and things like that, you know, Johnny Lydon and stuff like that. To me, those are people that connected the dots because both of those worlds lived together, you know what I mean? They they shared the same aesthetics, the same, like, castaway kind of thing. You know, you had to know where to go to hear that music, whether it was hip-hop or punk. And people like that really did the did it right by bringing them together, you know? Bill Laswell, people like that. There's a lot of really good people who are connectors, you know, in that in those worlds. Have you met Malcolm McLaren? Have you played any of his tunes, like Buffalo Gals or Double Dutch? Did those fit in a DJ Z Trip playlist at all? Yeah, man, I'll I'll rock a Buffalo Gals or you know I'll rock that I'll rock that in, in uh, Vancouver, man. I love that stuff. That's that's old b-boy shit for me. That's like I, that's my favorite stuff to play. Actually, you know I really have fun with that because it's just so it's funny. I was speaking to Jazzy J a while back, and uh, and I'm like, hey man, you know, do you ever get burned out or bummed out on some of the new music that's coming out? He's like, dude, I play new stuff, but you know what? I've been playing the same records for. 20 years and they still work they're like they still work i'm like well i guess that's you know that's what defines a classic you know what i mean one record that works every time i know is michael viner's incredible bongo band oh hell yeah that was hell yeah the apache that was the best that's like the best b-boy break ever that's the best break ever and that was listen to that song anytime and that was recorded in vancouver british columbia canada yeah, I, heard, I think I saw you talking to somebody. It was Questlove or Common or somebody about that, and I came up. I was like, I didn't know that. That's dope. I mentioned that to Africa Bombada, but he did not believe me. Africa Bombada did not believe me that it was recorded in Vancouver, even though it was written on the back of the record. He thought I wrote it on there. <laughs> Dude, he needs to do his research and YouTube you, dude. You're a thorough cat. I watched you blow up Jay-Z, and I was just um, I was cracking up. He brought out his first 12-inch, man. That, that, that had me laughing. Well, living I love in, it. Living in L.A., DJ Z-Trip, thank you very much. Do you bump into people like Jay-Z or Dr. Dre at all? Have you seen Dr. Dre's record collection? No. You know what's funny, though? I used to go digging at... Um, the same spot that Dr. Dre used to dig at as well. There was a place called A1 Record Finders in L.A. And, uh, yeah, he used to always, you know, I'd, I'd always go and see this guy, Kevin. He was, like, the major record dealer over there. And I'd always be like, hey, man, what do you got? And he'd be like, oh, I got this. And he'd show it to me. I'd be like, that's amazing. He's like, yeah, but Dre's got it. He's paying me 700 bucks for it. I'm like, oh, cool, thanks. <laughs> so that was about as close to Dre as I got. How about, with, how about with Amoeba Records now in L.A.? What do you think about Amoeba Records? Has that killed the record store, or do you just do one Stop shopping at Amoeba Records, DJ Z Trip. Amoeba's the best because they, they have the best selection and they also um, have good buyers and they know what to buy and they know what to sell. So it's always, you know, I lose, I lose my mind in there. When I go in there, I spend $800 easily every time I go in there. It's is, just so hard because you go and looking for one thing and they got like 80 other things that are all amazing. Is there a so, back room? Is there a back room at Amoeba that people like DJ Z Trip can pay to get into? Well, you don't you don't have to pay if you know people and you you were there when you know when they were riding the bus. That's the thing. Like you know, I I remember going to the to the opening in, at Amoeba in San Francisco, and I just met everybody and just became really cool with them. In fact, in uh, in the movie Scratch, I'm actually in the back rooms at uh, at Amoeba, and you can see all the records around me. Amazing. I heard a yeah, story. I heard a, keep all the good stuff. I heard Always. a story of Jello by Afra. And again, we're speaking here to DJ Z Trip live from the LA airport. And you can hear the LA airport in the background. It's 
so crazy when they talk. I can't hear anything. I was, Kelly's crazy. I was, ju- crazy. I was just, I was just telling the. Li- I'm sorry. No, I was just telling the listeners, DJ Z Trip, that you're speaking to me live from the LA airport, and I was introducing the LA airport. Like that's. The, oh, there you go. Hey, the, everybody, take a listen. It, yes. A lot of babies crying. A lot of people on microphones. I was going to mention though, Jello Biafra. He once told me a story, or I might have actually seen it in a video or something, where he was in the washroom at Amoeba in San Francisco, and they had some rare records kind of put on the wall as wall hangers, but he tried to buy them, but they wouldn't sell them to him. That's great. Yeah, no, they've got the best. It's almost like you walk. It's like a museum when you walk in there. They've got some of the best records sitting around and laying around. It's really, really great. Like it's, I, I, could, I could spend all my days there. I just love being at record stores. Mike Fake, you're coming to Calgary, Alberta as well, I see, on your schedule. You're playing Calgary, Alberta. Oh, yeah. I play up there quite a bit. Edmonton, Calgary, um, Winnipeg I just played. I love Canada. Toronto I got coming up. I really, it's funny, man. I was sitting and thinking about it. Like, I'm really a big fan of Canada. Always have been. Like, a lot of the artists that come out there, Meister Fresh West, I was all about it, man. You know? Uh, the Rascals, I was all about those dudes. Like, I'm really into, into, uh, into, into just, you know, really good, good uh, Canadian hip-hop. I think it was the Rascals, wasn't it? That's yes, who it was, wasn't yes, it? that's amazing that you mentioned the Rascals. And their legend still lives on, even though they're not doing as much these days, because DJ Kimo from the Rascals did the beat for Cardinal Officials' Dangerous. You know the song, Dangerous? Yeah, man. No, that dude was a great producer. That dude, Cardinal Official, you guys got great, great people up there, man. I, you know what's funny? My first time I ever came up there was for the Crispy Biscuit radio show with Kilo C. I don't know if you know those cats and Incredible Ease. Yes. That's some old school Vancouver hip hop for you. That's amazing to give some props to the Crispy Biscuit show. Amazing. Dude, that, was, that, was the first, that was the first crew that I ever bumped into up there. I recorded a Crispy Biscuit radio show somewhere. It's around, floating around somewhere. Wow, I'd love to get a copy of that and play that on my radio show. That's Let me old- see if I can find it, dude. I'll, I'll, I'll See if I can digitize it and get it to you. Oh, I'd love to hear that and play it for the listeners. And again, if people are wondering who I'm speaking to, it's DJ Z Trip, who's coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada next Friday night. He's speaking to me, Nardwater Human Serviette, live from the LA airport. And you can hear the LA airport in the background. When you play Calgary, DJ Z Trip, do you ever check out Recordland in Calgary? Recordland. Did, uh, did you say Recordland? I couldn't hear you. Yes. Do you ever check out Recordland in Calgary? Oh hell yeah! That's a, I've found some great stuff there, man. Amazing stuff. What have you found there? And could you explain the store to people? Uh, I found uh, a steel drum version of uh, of um, of Sissy Strut up there. These kids playing a steel drum version. It was just amazing. I've never seen it before in my life. And then I went to go play it for uh, for Cut Chemist, and he was like. No way, I got that same record. He pulled out a different record, and it was a different kid's version of a different band playing the same cover, and we were both tripping out because we'd never seen that. So two steel drum versions of Sissy Strut out there. Do you know Mike Vague at all from Los Angeles, a record collector Mike Vague? Yeah, Mike V. Yeah, of course. He actually inherited or bought Rodney Bigemheimer's collection. Is he still doing stuff, Mike Vague? I haven't seen that dude in, in a long time, to be honest. How about DJ Senior Amour? Do you know DJ Senior Amour at all from the KLXLU Molotov Cocktail Hour TV radio show? I don't think I know. That name sounds familiar, but I don't think I know. And also wondering, DJ Z Trip, Dexstar. What do you know about Dexstar management? I, I couldn't hear you, man. Um, 
I'm boarding this plane right now. Give me two seconds. I'm going to get past this chick who just keeps talking. She's just like okay. really handy on the microphone. Okay, give us a play-by-play -play of what you're doing there, so please. Crazy. All right, sorry. She shut up. <laughs> well, I was it's just, so crazy loud. Just winding up here, DJ Z-Trip. Danny Masterton is a DJ now. DJ Mom Jeans. What do you think about him? Um, yeah, I, I think he's good. He's gotten better from uh, last I've heard. He's gotten much better. Now, you went to Iraq to do a big gig there. Yeah, that was crazy. That was a crazy situation to go there. And looking at that, did the troops talk any politics to you at all? Sorry, I'm on the phone. Say, say again? No problem. We are talking to DJ Z Trip. Sorry about that, dude. I just, I just got past the talking lady. Um, dude, the Iraq thing, uh, well, I went to Kuwait. It was the craziest thing in the world. You got it? Yeah. Cool. Sorry. It was the craziest thing in the world. I wrote a, an article about it on Herb Magazine, at, at Herb Magazine. I think there's, a, there's an article floating around. And there's video footage of you two out there on the net, on YouTube, doing the whole thing. And I was wondering there, DJ Z-Trip, did the troops talk any politics to you at all? No, they didn't. Um, they didn't really get into it. And, I mean, a, a couple people did. Some people were... We're just, you know, really unhappy with, obviously, how everything has gone down. But um, I think, like, for me being out there, it was really about them having something else to focus in on. And that's the thing that they focus in on all the time. So. But they didn't off the record talk to you about anything or just talk any politics to you? A little bit. I mean, but I, I, the other thing, too, is I didn't really even want to get into it. I wanted to continue to just have friends, you know? And when I saw the footage on YouTube of you playing to all the troops, it's wild to see all the heads bobbing. It wasn't just a little gig. This is like a big gig, wasn't it? Yeah, man, it was crazy. It was actually the craziest show I've ever done. With the Obama mix that you did, DJ Z-Trip, and this is DJ Z-Trip as he walks onto the plane, or are you walking onto the plane right now, DJ Z-Trip? It's great, dude. I love being... I, this is the craziest thing, to be on air on the plane right now it's just uh, it's very surreal are you in All your people are looking at me because i'm talking and making a commotion are you on <laughs> are you in your seat yet Where's, what's your seat yeah, I, just, I just got into uh, 11f if this plane goes down that's where that's the last seat i took ah that's first class then hey eh? you're in first class um no the next up uh, it's the business business oh. class so that's pretty Handling good. business, man. Strictly business. That's awesome. <laughs> and we're speaking here to DJ Z Trip, in case anybody is wondering. He's getting on a plane to head to Colorado, but eventually he's going to end up in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, next Friday night at Richards on Richards. And lastly, you're just winding up. You did an amazing mix, an Obama mix that you put together. Obama had a great team behind him of people that really inspired, were inspired to do stuff. Who was Frank Fairley? The Obama artist got arrested. What can you tell the people about that, DJ Z Oh, Shepard. Shepard, uh, he's a good friend of mine. Um, he does the, uh, the Obey campaign and, and Andre the Giant, Andre the Posse. Um, he's the guy who did the Obama image, and, uh, which is now in the Smithsonian. Um, he and I were doing a party in, in Boston, actually, uh, for his big opening up there, and on the way to the party, um, he ended up getting arrested, which was kind of a mess because he does. He started doing street art, and now he does. Um, you know, he's doing everything, but he's still. The thing that I've always liked about him is that he's never really left one to go to the other. So he still goes out and, or I guess up until now, he used to go out and uh, and do installations. You know, all over the town. And the funny thing is, they arrested him on old uh, old graffiti charges, but that day. 
he was, you know, he got his picture taken with a mayor, you know, who was like welcome, welcoming him to the town to do the big art show. It was just really, it's, it's just really funny how it's like the populated itself kind of circle that goes on. Did Obama you know, and art. did Obama know that he was arrested? Did Obama hear the Obama mix that you did? I don't know. I, I'm. I'd like to think he did um, on both accounts, but uh, you know who knows. You know, I know that the camp. Like I worked really close with the camp, and um, I know some of the people that are you know that are now working at the White House with him. But um, I know that they had heard it and they were really responsive to it. And I remember getting an email from the art department in in that camp, and they were like, "Hey, look, we just want to let you know we listen to this every day, and it's super inspiring, and we're really, you know, all the signs that you see made are made, you know, while people are." Uh, and people can check and people can check that out at your website djztrip.com and what's great on that obama mix djztrip is you have jello biafra on there so it's possible that obama actually heard jello biafra if so that would be great there's actually two mixes there was the one that i did before um, the election and the one that i did after called the victory lap because i was i was asked to be at the inauguration to dj at the inauguration but i couldn't make it i had a tour in australia that i couldn't um, get out of so i ended up doing a a, uh, a victory lap is what I called it, and I just put that up there. And that's the one that's up there on the homepage. But if you go to the downloads page, you can get both of them, and there's countless other mixes people can get. DJZTrip.com. DJZTrip, lastly, lastly here, what is the most that you heard a sample cost? Like, you've sampled Phil Collins. That's not cheap, is it? Well, I, you know, I, I don't know. Like, there's, it's really tough, man, when you sample anybody, you know. I mean, you run the risk of, of, uh, of really... You know, you're, you're getting basically getting in bed with another entity, you know, whether you like it or not. So, um, but I think most people have gotten, they've wrapped their heads around it now. I think when it first sort of came to people's attention, it really was sort of a new thing and a little crazy for people to, to digest, you know. But what about someone like Kanye West? He can afford Ray Charles, can't he? How much would something like Ray Charles cost? How much would Phil Collins cost? Actual dollar numbers, DJ Z trip. Well, I think if, if I were trying to sample Ray Charles, I probably would get it as a little bit of a lesser amount than if Kanye was sampling Ray Charles. Um, you know, that's what I'd like to think. But who knows, you know, it's always, it's always tough because you can never really tell. There's no, there's no, like, gauge. There's no price tag that, you know, for this amount of seconds you pay this amount of, there's none of that. So it's, it's, it's always a crapshoot, you know. Or you run, you know, if you, if you are, are clever enough, you can maybe sample something that not many people know where it's the origin is from and, and you know, just, blame it on art and have it just have the art speak for itself. Steinsky is, is one of the guys that I think is probably the master of that, you know? Yeah, when he the, knows how to, how to manipulate and find great samples. When the motorcade sped on. Yeah, that's a good one, but his jazz mix, man, if you've heard that, that one is amazing. Like, that's probably one of my favorite mixes he's ever done is the jazz mix. It's great. Well, DJC Trip, we're going to end here now on an Ardwarty Human Serviette radio show with Breakfast Club featuring MERS and Supernatural. What can you tell the people about that and what is sampled in that there, DJZ Trip, coming to Vancouver next Friday night? Well, that's um, that's actually Supernatural on the chorus and MERS on the verse. And it was, uh, we were sitting there realizing we needed to, I want to make a song. I was like, let's do one about cartoons. And then I was like, talking to Supernatural and he and I both came up with the idea of doing uh, sugar cereals on the chorus and then doing cartoons during the verse and having it be like a Saturday morning thing. So we called it Breakfast Club and that was, it was a pretty good hit off the record. How about the samples? Are there any particular samples you care to mention that are actually on there? I don't sample anything. I don't even know what you're talking about, dude. I don't know nothing about I don't even know what you're talking about right now. But you know how to get on an airplane and come up to Vancouver. Well, thanks so much, DJ Z Trip. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? 
Hey, man, um, just keep on rocking in the free world, my friend. Well, thank you very much, DJ Z-Trip. <laughs> keep on rocking in the free world, too, and doot-doot-a-loot-doo. Doot-doot. Thanks, man. See ya. If, if you are listening to the new Z-Trip album on Hollywood Records, we're here, we're being silly. We got Supernatural, Z-Trip, I'm Merce, and I, I like to have a good time. And on Saturday mornings, I used to like to get a big fat bowl of cereal and watch cartoons, motherfucker. And if, that, if you can't relate to this song, you're taking this shit too serious. It's hip-hop, man. It's, it's fucking fun. fun. I love ink and cereal when I'm watching my cartoons. Ooh, I love fruity pebbles when I'm watching my cartoons. Ooh, I love super sugar crisp when I'm watching my cartoons. Ooh, I love count chocula when I'm watching my cartoons. Let's go. Pour the milk in the bowl, make sure it's ice cold. Hold my hand on the top so it won't overflow. Forget playing outside with my friends from school. It's Saturday morning, fool, but you know it ain't cool. Waking up first, cause all that be on the tube is the snorts and smurfs. Kissy first, strawberry shortcake, or worse. But coming up next was my boy Johnny Quest, Sim Sim Salabim. But Fat Albert was the best. The Brown Hornet picture pages made me wanna write graffiti. I had to do it when Davy and Goliath couldn't see me. Always trying to do right, they be hanging out with Dudley. But I watched Rikey Rice's rooting for my dog, Mutley. You know what really bugged me? The Cobots was whack. Man, they bit the Transformers. And that's a well-known fact, but after these messages will be wrong. cereal when I'm watching my cartoons. Ooh, I love to eat Frosted Flakes when I'm watching my cartoons. Ooh, I love to eat Alphabets when I'm watching my cartoons. Ooh, I love King Vitamins when I'm watching my cartoons. Remember Teen Wolf tried to go vegetarian Told Thundar he was a sick barbarian For eating tiger sharks with his Ninja Turtle suit Because of that the Herculoids had to kick him out the group Yo, we used to be drama on the after school scene Tiny Toons started beefing with Beverly Hills team But the get along gang would come through and make amends And by the end of the week they were all super friends But G.I. Joe would get him riled up again Guns out looking for weapons of mass destruction Harassing silver hawks for little or nothing Of course the Care Bear wouldn't have the heart to do something I call Voltron on these inhumanoids Plus Imperions wouldn't let the Joes be destroyed You know, even in cartoons Americana can't be tacked But at least you know now And know it's half the battle I love to eat cereal When I'm watching my cartoons I love to eat honeycombs When I'm watching my cartoons I love to eat cookie crisp When I'm watching my cartoons now right before we go, I think you got the right to know about She-Ra on the low. She was a Thundercat hoe. Orko trying to cover up and say she got a man, but he lied. It was really one of Jim's holograms. After that, I got nosy, went around the back and found out Josie selling pussy to cats. Charging 3-2-1 for a little contact Because Hong Kong Fooey had the illest pimp slap Her sweet jabber jaws went to the highest bid But what made it worse is she incorporated kids So Marshall Bravestar came through with Captain Power And vowed the G-Force would shut him down within the hour Until Chippendale and the rescue rangers Came through to say them hoes with a mouth named Danger To make things stranger She still gets a hoe won't let a hoe be a hoe And that's when to grow on I love crush every when I'm watching my cartoons. Ooh, I 
Still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, Z-Trip Breakfast Club Mix, featuring Merce and Supernatural, who actually was in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada a few weeks ago. And before that, an interview with DJ Z-Trip live from the Los Angeles airport. And before that, an interview with the Black Lips. And the Black Lips performed the song on an Ardwater Human Serviette radio show while I hit play on the CD player <clears throat> again and again. That was originally done by Iggy Pop's band, as I mentioned, the Iguanas. Now, Iggy played drums. He did not sing in it. But I thought I would play you the original version by the Iguanas, Iggy playing drums, 1965, as covered by the Black Lips, and also play you a couple other songs related to the Black Lips, such as the Swamp Rat, part two with the song Hey Freak and a song that the Black Clips actually sampled by the Swamp Rats called I'm Going Home. So here are a few little tunes related to the Black Lips on CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. It's the Iguanas. Actually, I am totally wrong on that one. That is the Iguanas right here. That was the amazing version that the Black Lips did of the Iguanas. Now you can hear the original version by the Iguanas, never released with Iggy Pop on drums.
And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and an Ardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show. And you just heard right there, Who Will Read the Will by the Lollipop Shop featuring Fred Cole from the Pierced Arrows and the Black Lips might be covering You Must Be a Witch by the Lollipop Shop. So I thought I'd play Who Will Read the Will. And before that, I'm going home by the Swamp Rats, which was sampled in the Black Lips song, Vini Vidi Vichy. And before that, we heard Hey Freak by the Swamp Rats. And before that, some iguanas doing again and again as covered by the Black Lips. And before that, an interview with the Black Lips. And before that, well, actually, before that, before that, an interview with DJ Z-Trip. To end the Nardwardy Human Serviette radio show, I thought I would play, and I love thinking on CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, some seeds. This particular seeds record, it's brand new from the legendary 60s punks, The Seeds, featuring Sky Sunlight Saxon, was given to me by the band The Donkeys from San Diego. I saw them at South by Southwest, kind of a South by Southwest theme running all along here in an Ardwarty Human Serviette radio show. They gave me this CD here called Back to the Garden. It's a 2008 CD by Sky Sunlight Saxon and the Seeds, also featuring Daryl Hooper from the original Seeds. So it's Daryl Hooper and Sky Sunlight Saxon and some other fellows putting together a CD called Day. Well, I was going to say Dave Tripper, but uh, actually <clears throat> the name of the song is called Power Tripper by the Seeds. And this particular record was given to me by the Donkeys. And actually it's inscribed from Sky Sunlight Saxon. And it says, To Nardwar, bless you, brother, Sky Sunlight Saxon. Thank you, Sky. I appreciate that. And thank you, Donkeys. So we're going to hear Power Tripper, not Day Tripper. We're going to hear Power Tripper, brand new from the Seeds 2008. Then we're going to play the subsonics as referenced in the black ellipse interview with i love you i'll kill you and then we're going to fit in some dj z trip with his motown breakdown part one so here right now is the seeds with their particular song day <clears throat> power trip <clears throat>
From Hitsville, USA, to Detroit, Detroit, this is the Motown. All right, is everybody ready? Yes! Yeah! 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 All right, now here we go. I want, I do, I want to. Motown. Motown hits. This is the Motown sound. Sound. The sound of young America.
Check out the first version of Motown's most popular all-time hit. Following this break. 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 Son. Oh. 